Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox, where we discuss the tools we utilize every day. Yours to use or toss, it's up to you. But I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tools for the Toolbox. I am Chance Burles, as you know, and I have another outstanding guest for you here today, and we're going to let him introduce himself, as I always do, with who are you, and what is your military background? Yeah, so I'm uh, Chase. Thank you again for having me on your podcast. It's a great pleasure, pleasure. to uh, be here, and um, definitely cool to talk to the community and just kind of get uh, different stories. But so for myself, uh, I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. Uh, served five years as a electro optical ordnance repair uh, with 3-5, which is a infantry battalion. Um, got out about two years ago, um, and then due to peacetime, um, I mean, I was fortunate enough to go on two deployments, um, but they were kind of just booze cruises, uh, just cruising around, having a good time, drink, drinking some beer and uh, different cool. <laughs> that's a, that's a good deployment, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't. Uh, we don't really get those deployments here up up north that uh unfortunately we uh if we go anywhere it's usually not a pleasant place to be but the so you did it for five years and what do you do now you've been out uh, for a couple so years right now, but... um i switched my mindset from being that like tough guy attitude um of trying to be strong physically to trying to be strong mentally and uh build on my education um so the next hurdle and goal is i'm in uh, school currently to uh, become electrical uh, engineer. So kind of hand in hand with my MOS. Um, that's turning out to pose a lot more, a lot of challenges to overcome that are completely different than, from what I'm used to. But uh, I mean, overall it's a uh, great experience so far. Okay. Well, what was it just the fact that you were already in that kind of field that you went to at engineering or is it like, do you have a desire to do something with that or what what's up yeah so it's kind of both i would say so um, i've always had like a mindset of just making things and kind of curious to see how things work um if that might be like guns just to look at them see how different me like mechanics of the gun kind of operate and work um building structures all that so then from there i knew i was going to be an engineer um didn't know really what field of engineer i wanted to go into and then being um a optics tech in the marine corps that's kind of definitely directed me toward a electrical engineering uh degree just for the fact of um kind of job experience already have job experience and then just having a i mean at least a basic foundation of uh what electrical engineering is, uh, is going to be that's uh it's a little bit outside my ballywick for sure i i can i can wire things like i can <laughs> i can go from my fuse box put an outlet in, put a light in, put, go back to the fuse box. And that's about as far as I can build stuff with electricals. But, um, I much prefer C4. <laughs> I like taking things apart, rather than putting them back together. Again. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. how was your transition? Like when you got out of the Marine Corps, I don't know much about the Marine Corps transitionary program. If there is one, do you just like hand your stuff and then like, peace out boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm basically, so it's a, kind of rude awakening so when you join you have all these people here to like there to walk you through everything take you step by step when you get out it's like you're on your own you have to figure everything out yourself um if you don't make it then you just get held until you make it um mm -hmm. so that was definitely like okay 
well, this is kind of my start of my next journey. Um, because, I mean, even in the military in general, and especially in the Marine Corps, you definitely have your hand held a lot of the times. I mean, you're getting mm-hmm. told when to wake up, um, what to do during the day and all that. So that was my first introduction of like what the world's going to be like um, after getting out. And then my transition it was definitely challenging. Um, it's probably the most challenging thing I've done in my life uh, so far. Um, and I've tried to pinpoint exactly why it's so challenging. I think a little bit of that is um, feeling lost in the world, kind of self-isolation because you don't have that community around you anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of mental problems of like, I'm not good enough. And once you get that self-isolation, I mean, just kind of rolls downhill, snowballs where it's like you don't have a support and then you just kind of start thinking and getting your head. Um, so, I mean, that was definitely challenging. I lost a lot of really, really good friends from suicide to that transition period. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely really challenging. Um, but luckily I was, I had a good foundation around me to get me through that time. And then after uh, meeting Nate, um, just, uh, couple months ago i mean he's definitely been a huge hand in um kind of helping me find my purpose again yeah nate's awesome he's just uh such a cool dude i'm i'm really glad i got i introduced to him through other friends as well and i was just like yeah i'm gonna hang out with this guy for a while oh yeah i mean he's yeah. just like you said a solid dude i mean his you can see i mean as soon as you meet him his heart his intentions are in the right place he's like totally for everyone wanting to help people. I mean, I definitely got lucky because I met him through my parents. He's a uh, customer at their store. So that's kind of oh, how nice. I met him and uh, sat down with him once. And I was like, yeah, like, this dude is rock solid for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he keeps you laughing the whole time. Like he, it never stops, never turns oh, off. Yeah. He's just I mean, he's like a big burly man. And he just starts splitting <laughs> off all these jokes and you're like, what? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So if you could go back a couple of years, if you could go talk to yourself, at the beginning of your transition out, what's one piece of advice you could give yourself to make it easier, better, faster, whatever? Um, definitely don't like, don't take life too serious. Um, obviously try, um, do everything you can in your power to do well, but at the same time, like, don't think like take things to heart to the point that it's actually affecting sleep, um, kind of, physical health um and then i think also the biggest part is to branch out of the comfort zone of where you're at right now do things that scare you and um reach out to people i mean because i know when i was struggling i tried to reach out to people talk to old friends and then i didn't message them for a day and i'm like i failed them and that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case i mean they're busy. You have a busy schedule. If it takes a day to respond back to them, then so be it. But just don't feel like you failed them just because you haven't responded back to them for uh, like a day or two. I mean, keep that connection open and that doorway open for both giving help and receiving help. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I, I came up with this a little while ago. I was talking with my doc and we figured out, I like to use this term or this uh, little adage um, grace, not slack, right? You have, you give yourself a little bit of grace. If you're, if you're actually trying and you have a busy day, you don't complete everything you want to complete. Okay, cool. Like you had a really solid day. You got most of the stuff done. Cool. Whatever. Get the rest done tomorrow versus slack of 
I'm not really going to do that today. I don't really like, I don't feel up to it. I don't blah, blah, blah. Like when you give yourself slack, you just start to fall behind, but you still have to give yourself grace because you're not going to be able to complete everything all the time. <laughs> um, that's just, it's one of my favorite little adages that I keep it in my head that, because it's true when you get into those, um, self-deprecating moments, especially when you, uh, expect to do something. If you have a pre uh, preconceived notion of like, Oh, I'm going to call this guy and then I'm going to do that thing. And then I'm going to finish that. And I'm going to over here. I'm going to get all that stuff. Shit happens some days. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, my I kid did. got sick one day. Dang. Yeah. I really like that. And I mean, especially with school, I mean, I'm learning that with even just this week, I completed almost all of my assignments by Wednesday. And then it came back around that I did one assignment in the wrong format and the other assignment I had to readjust. And it's just all these assignments kept, like, kept coming back to me of like, oh, like getting stressed because I feel like I got everything done, really bust my butt. And it's like I knew that I was putting out as much as I could, but to also, like you said, give yourself some grace of like, okay, am I doing everything that I know I possibly can? Yes, then it's fine. I'm just going to keep working on it, but don't beat myself up over it. Yeah. And it's really hard, man. Like I, when I went to school, I was surrounded by, uh, well, there was 45 people in the class. Uh, there was two guys. One, I was one of them <laughs> and the rest were, um, uh, they were, I think there was maybe four of them that were over 20. So it was like 19 year old girls. And I'm, 35-year-old Mass Corporal Burles, right? And I'm <laughs> fucking walking around. Oh, man, it was painful. <laughs> painful. Um, had I been there when I was a 19-year-old guy, that would have been great. But... No, it would be a heyday, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not so much for a uh, 35-year-old married Mass Corporal Burles. <laughs> not the best place for me. So let's talk about strengths. You and I were chatting earlier. We, you said... Uh, you know, what you've been using throughout your time is inner strength. So let's talk a little bit about that. What do you mean by inner strength? Um, so I feel like inner strength is just a byproduct of your everyday actions and uh, how you carry out your thoughts throughout the day. So for me, um, I know something's wrong if I don't have the motivation to go to the gym every day. Um, so I know if I keep a solid, I guess you could say regimen or routine of like make, wake up, make my bed. Um, if I have some sort of negative mindset to kind of switch your mindset into like, sure, this situation might not be the best, but what am I grateful for within that situation? Try and just have that positive mindset. I think through a healthy schedule and a dynamic in your life where you're trying to constantly make progress in your life that will all accumulate into habit building and that habit building will then form into inner strength because i mean if someone has some sort of stress in their life and i mean we're all guilty of this but um going into finding some sort of habit that's kind of self-destructive in any way shape or form um then that's kind of degrading your inner strength instead of trying to overcome it in healthy ways um and i mean it's hard sometimes because there's times where it's like, man, like I know I need to get to the gym to kind of give a little bit of like relief from stress, 
but I don't want to or I have all these other school assignments I have to do and it's just like take time to actually do what you know what like do what you need to do and you know what you need to do um, and like I said just build up those habits and kind of overall build up as a byproduct your inner strength if that makes sense oh yeah absolutely I mean the the best thing is to that you have to learn this is something that no one ever teaches you is that you have to take time right you can never make time you know people a lot of people you hear all the time oh i don't have time for that or oh i, I won't have i won't be able to complete that there's not enough time but you actually have to make it like you have, you have to specifically block it out and go this time is for me and if that time is at the gym or on the jujitsu mats for me or uh you know sitting on the couch for 10 minutes and just taking a breather okay cool right but you got to take that time and it, it is uh it's a hard skill to learn man oh yeah <laughs> it's and so i mean hard. it's it's super common where you hear all these people and you say like, hey why don't you do this and it's like well i can't do that and that just by saying i can't do that is already a self-destructive kind of answer and from what i learned is instead of saying i can't do it you say why should i or what i like why should i not do it so you kind of analyze the situation see kind of the pros and cons with that and then if the pros are kind of outweigh the cons and that's when you go ahead and isolate time to make it happen yeah absolutely i mean <clears throat> the 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 ability to recognize whether something is helpful or not is again it's a skill set right you have to build on you have to learn how to do it you got to be able to assess situations and it is not a easy for i tell i tell my boys this all the time when they I'll say, hey, I need you to do this. And they're like, I can't do it. And you're like, you can't fly unassisted, right? <laughs> you can't <laughs> breathe underwater unassisted. But you can put your pants on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can get this done. Um, and then I heard, uh, I was reading something online at one point, and, uh, or no, it was a video. And it was, it's not a question of can't. It's a question of you don't know how yet and for a lot of people that's what it is right they just they they don't see a way yeah and, that makes sense yeah and what you're saying is exactly what a lot of people need to do look at it assess it how do i get from point a to point b oh well it looks impossible okay how do you get from point a to point a and a half right like <laughs> break it down into smaller steps and then see where it goes from there it's uh mind-blowing sometimes that it we don't get taught this as children which is why i try to push it on my kids <laughs> like just just figure it out piecemeal it out and break it down into smaller steps i mean we do this in the military all the time too right like if you got a patrol or reconnaissance or you know whatever mission you got to do you have to break it down you can't just say go and take that town have fun right <laughs> yeah, it's like, how, how do you do that yeah i mean even with uh I mean, the best analogy I have that was prevalent is uh, boot camp. I mean, if you look at, okay, well, you start boot camp and then three months later you're done, like, you're going to get so stressed out, you're going to get wigged. And it's usually the people that don't break it down into smaller steps that either don't make it or have a very difficult time with overcoming boot camp. And so it's like, for me, you just look at it as like, okay, like going from breakfast to lunch. And then, okay, well, yeah. I got that done. I'm gonna go from lunch to dinner now. I got that done. Well, shoot, I already got a day done. Might as well do another day. And you just break it down to steps where you know, um, 
basically like it's it's more feasible goals to set and i also have learned and was told it's like if you look at the full situation i mean it's going to be super stressful you have to go into it a little blindly um but still have some sort of context of what's going on but definitely jumping into it blindly in a certain aspect isn't always the worst thing 100 percent. i remember when i got to basic it was it was <laughs> so there's a whole story to this and it actually set me up really well for basic training in general so my sister and my family and my friends decided that they were going to give me my going away party the night before i left for basic so I got hammered. My sister was bartending. I lost count after like 19 shots. There was lots of stuff. It was just, it was bad. Um, my parent, my mom had to like basically pour me into the car at fucking five in the morning to get me on my flight because our basics on the other side of the country, right? So we're like, I got to go to Montreal to go there. And uh, I showed up for... Showed up in Montreal, still sick as a dog. I filled up three puke bags on the flight <laughs> there's to no Montreal. Way to do it. Yeah, there's no like, way to do it. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Super hungover, still partially drunk, and I show up on my first day to basic, and uh, we we had to take this uh, double decker bus to get from the airport to basic training, and the drivers in Montreal are sketchy to say the best. So this bus is like rocking back and forth the whole way, and I'm just like. Oh, I'm gonna die! Oh, I'm gonna die! And uh, we arrived at the mega at the front door, and I fucking threw myself out of the bus, threw up on the uh, on the the sidewalk right at the beginning. Everybody else had grabbed their stuff and walked into the building, and I'm out there just hurling my guts out. Right, uh, and then I finally finished. The bus is gone. My stuff's on the ground. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go inside then. And I grabbed my stuff and I walked in. And uh, there was this sergeant yelling at everybody in French. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I might be in the wrong building. <laughs> like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what's happening. Everyone's lined up along the wall. And I'm just wandering in. And, uh, and I walked right up to him. And I think I shocked shocked him more than anything. And I'm like, hey, man, where do I go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just went, are you an officer? And I'm like, no are you English? I'm like, yes. And he's like, that room. I'm like, roger that. And I just walked off, right? But I spent that first weekend just so hungover and so sick. And the first meal I got, I think, was uh, uh, something carbonara, like penne carbonara or something like that. So it's like super rich, thick. It did not sit in my stomach well at all. It was so bad. But every day I just like, I kept waking up like, okay, what's next? (laughs) This is a, a really bad start. Hopefully the first day will be better <laughs> and then it just kind of snowballed from there. So I was never really looking at the length of the course. I was never looking at, I never had a chance to really take it all in because I was so sick that first day that I was just, I was pl- kind of playing catch up as you were saying, right? Like you, you kind of got to go into a little bit blindly and just like, oh, uh, oh, are we over here? Okay. We're now we're lifting stuff. Okay. Now I'm marching. Okay. Now, like <laughs> you just whatever's happening right now is happening and you kind of deal with it. It's, uh, 
it's a great way to look look at life. It doesn't work for everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially. I mean, if there's something really important or big, impactful that needs to happen, obviously analyze the situation a little more. But yeah, I mean, especially just going through the motions. I mean, still having passion and a drive to do everything well, but just kind of go through the motions of it. I mean, that definitely I've learned helps me mitigate a lot of my anxiety and stress through life, for sure. I yeah. mean, especially just like. I know I had the hardest time going out of uh, going out in like large spaces in public right after I got out. Um, huge anxiety, and so I learned it's like just focus on the smaller things, smoke aside, like focus on like one person, kind of immediate like threat, um, and that kind of helped me. Um, I mean, it's the anxiety is still definitely there, but it's kind of it forces my brain to activate and kind of focus on something else rather than anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, my doc worked with me for a long time for that. I uh, any any sort of groupings of people, I just it I have like my back goes to a wall without even thinking about it. I just kind of like mm-hmm, 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 and I immediately start scanning the room. And you start it's it's not a great thing, but uh, my psychologist and I worked through that for quite a while, and she eventually started asking me this this question was, what's the likelihood? What are the odds of it actually ha of something bad happening right now? Is it possible? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Are you prepared for it? Mostly. Okay. Like to to the best of your uh, ability. Like we can't concealed carry up here in Canada, so I can't do anything with that. Um, but I'm physically capable. I'm still watching a room. I'm not expecting bad things to happen anymore, but I can still recognize that they do. I can still prepare for it. I can still set myself up for it. I can sit in a place that isn't as, you know, stressful. I don't sit with my back directly to a door because I don't like it. That's fine. But uh, am I sitting in the back corner? All like, <laughs> not anymore. No, used to, but not anymore. Um, but it's still, again, it's a skill set, right? You have to, you have to, as you said earlier, you have to put yourself out there you have to uh step out of your comfort zone just a little bit and then do it again and then do it again <laughs> yeah it's just do that it gradual build up. because i mean if you jump way out of your comfort zone then i mean that's it might be too much for you and it might be like i mean you'll still learn through it but i mean it's going to be better to jump out of your comfort zone just a little bit at a time and just like anything in life just build up from it yeah Absolutely. Do you find that because um, you're doing you're doing the tactical games, right? Yeah, yeah. You're training up for that. Do you find it's the same training for like the competition side of it in in your mindset versus like now versus uh, when you were in? Um, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely different techniques and shooting styles. Um, I mean, it's actually completely different because, I mean, at least for the Marine Corps, you learn it's mostly long-distance shooting. Um, well, the, at least the full Marine Corps gets long-distance shooting training. It's like uh, 100 yards, 300. All right, that's, shoot, I can't even remember now. It's like two, three, and 500 yards. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, being in the infantry uh, battalion a little bit, then you start working on close quarter stuff, uh, machine guns, assaulting. Um, but I would say it's completely different, but it's the same aspect of having fun at the range, but looking at it as 
an important like job you're doing um, because I know and this is the thing it's like to each his own like if someone just wants to go to the range and have fun then they can do it so see a lot of people just blowing rounds down range not really working on any skills which is fine but it's like for me by focusing on certain movements and skills of shooting that's definitely reminds me of um being in the marine corps of you you actually have a purpose driven of your shooting instead of just going out there and kind of wasting ammo yeah yeah that's uh that's a tough one because i really love doing that i like dumping mags and i like putting rounds down range oh, it's yeah. just fun i mean it's, uh, it's definitely yeah I, i'm the same way it's like there's definitely a time where it's like okay you know what 30 rounds it's it's gonna be gone <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad for that i uh i, I got a custom ar that i built myself and i'm like I love the thing, but it's uh, it's a little off-putting for the others on the range because I got a uh, a really sweet break on it, but it puts all the yeah. gas on the sides, so it, it barks like super loud, and uh, the other people on the range are never very happy about me sitting there like. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, I mean uh, they can get especially that concussive blast from those muzzle breaks. I mean. But the best part about it, I mean, it stinks that the other people get a little annoyed, but that keeps your muzzle flat, I mean, pretty darn well. You can't beat muzzle oh, yeah. brakes in regards to that. Yeah, I just yeah, I, uh, two ARs built, and I've learned real quick that uh, they are money traps. <laughs> That's for sure. It's like, oh, well, I have a couple extra dollars here. I could either save it or put them, um, like, the money toward uh, gun parts. So, yeah, gun mm -hmm. parts for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the, the worst part about custom customization or custom the ability to customize things is the fact that you want to then customize things. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. keep doing it over and over like, ooh, I want that. Ooh, I, I like one of those. And maybe one of those <laughs> yeah. too. That'd be nice. Uh, it, it's so bad. So do you find that your, uh, that your mindset is the same in competing versus when you're in? Like... Uh, or when you're training to compete, is that your your brain just took a dump? Um, your inner strength, right? What we were talking about earlier. Do you find that that translates one to one, or is do you have to make adjustments on it? Uh, so I say that that translates one to one um, in regards to. There might be some days where, I mean, this is just an example, but like you might be shooting really good one day. And then, like, you might be making stupid mistakes the other day, and it's, like, by making those correct small habits of positive reinforcement, um, grace, and no slack, not slacking, like you said, um, all these small little habits that you try to implement in shooting, um, if you're, like, if you're having a bad day, um, then that inner strength can come out through those habits, um, and even though you might, that's might not necessarily help you improve shooting right away, um, that during that moment, I mean, it'll still help understand the situation um, and to kind of learn how to overcome it and just understand that you're not going to have perfect days every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, that's a great line. You're not going to have perfect days every day. <laughs> so true. You have to be able to, uh, to be able to step off sometimes and just go, you know what? Today sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even just uh, so example, like I was shooting with uh, Nate, and every single time I missed a target or did like screwed up something small, I always shook my head, and he's like, "No, nope, you don't have enough time to shake your head." 
And I started thinking about it. It's like, all that is doing is that's just ingraining in your head, like, you're um, pronouncing your failure, your failures or your mistake. And you don't necessarily want to do that. You want to acknowledge your mistakes, but you don't want to necessarily dwell on those mistakes to have that inhibit your progress later on. So it's like, understand it's there, but don't give attention toward it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a similar problem when I'm doing jujitsu and I, I get caught by a move that like, I know it's coming and I got caught by it anyway. And I'm like, ah, dang it. As I'm like getting thrown around, <laughs> but you're right. It's that instance of you're taking the second to recognize that you did it wrong. <laughs> and that's it. You're not actually going, why did I do it wrong? Or, you know, maybe my trigger pull was just off a little bit that day, or maybe I flinched a little bit, or maybe I put myself in that. Why did I put myself in that move? Um, but the ability to to learn, to stop, or not stop, but to be able to learn on the fly as you're going mm -hmm. is, uh, that's a tough skill. So what, um, what does a tactical games look like? Because, I mean, I've seen it, but for anybody that hasn't, what is what kind of uh, events are you going to be running in? What are you going to be doing? Um, so I'm definitely have the mindset of going into it blindly. <laughs> so um, I don't know necessarily each because I think uh, the tactical games um, has different events for different um, or different workouts and different strings of fire for each event so i think for the most part though um it involves physical activities such as running carrying weight uh lifting things that's practical toward combat um and then once you get done with overexerting yourself through energy that's when you try and line up a shot and shoot uh, as best as you can and you just keep repeating that so i th basically i mean from what i understand it's crossfit with shooting Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was the, never a big fan of CrossFit to begin with, but man, oh, add shooting into that. Yeah, especially talking to someone that loves to lift and gain muscle, and it's like CrossFit, and it's like, oh, that's repulsive. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, CrossFit's definitely awesome to uh, to improve your cardiovascular skill and just to get lean and overall fit. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, ooh, that does not sound fun to me at all. But I mean, once you add shooting yeah. in there, it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you know what? Mm, I'll allow it. I will allow this. <laughs> you just got to dive in. Um, when, when is the, when is your, have you done any competing yet? Or is this like your first one? No. So this is going to be my first one. Uh, right now I'm trying to work out through school, uh, which event is going to work best for me. Um, mm -hmm. cause I want to try and do just book up all my school, um, summer semester next year and then just keep going through school each summer. Um, so it's kind of, I have to work my schedule around to see which event's going to work for me, but it looks like I'll be competing in my first event um, May, kind of middle of May. So it's coming up. Sweet. Um, and like I said, for my mindset, I definitely tend to overthink things and overanalyze things. So going into it blindly, I think is somewhat of a good idea for me, just so I'm like, not building up that stress as the event comes up and just to take it the best I can and react, kind of walk step by step through it and do the best I can. Mm. I, uh, just a, a thought off the top of my head here, but I don't know if blindly is the correct terminology we've been using. I think perhaps maybe that it's going into it open. 
because you're not yeah being focused and you're not being blind obviously you have a general idea of what's going to happen yeah, right but yeah um interesting i just that kind of no I, yeah i like that <laughs> that's a good a better analogy of going into it open where you're open to the experiences of what it's going to throw at you yeah i like that a yeah. lot more because like blindly isn't necessarily the most accurate word of saying that yeah it was it was itching at the back of my head i'm like are we actually going in blindly to things not particularly because we have general idea of what's happening, but openness is, is definitely a good, uh, assessment of what's going on. So what do you got? What's the, what's the plan? Are you, I mean, you're still pretty young, but I'm still young as well. What do you, what do you hope to do in the next, what do you want to be when you grow up? Let me put it that way. <laughs> An astronaut. <laughs> no, um, so for the next 20, 30 years, um, the goal is to, continue working with Nate to do the tactical games. And then I do want to get into the private contracting um, industry. Um, Don't really know much about it. Um, So it's definitely a big, it's going to take a while to kind of understand in depth of what everything, like the ins and outs of it. um, And then different contracts that are available during that time. But I want at least to start that just to have some extra money in the side if I have like some spring break, summer break or break off work to uh, go and do that stuff. And then for an actual career, it's either going to be pursuing um, electrical engineering career through either Lockheed Martin, um, which is huge um, contractor that contracts uh, out to the government and they go from defense uh, missile systems, lasers, uh, I mean, everything from there to rockets, spaceships. Um, so either that or there's L3 Harris, which kind of more speci- specializes toward night vision, optics, thermals, um, IR lasers. So I'll either try and work for that. Um, if I do pursue that electrical engineering career, I'm definitely getting my degree, though. And then uh, it's either there or opening up my own gun store slash tactical business. Um, If that's like on the side hustle or being my full-time job. And then I'm also entertaining the thought of going back into the Marine Corps once I get done with college as a officer. Hmm. At uh, what kind of officer? Do you want to go back in the same trade or did you like want to switch to something else? I definitely want to switch toward being more of a infantry centered officer mm-hmm. um obviously i mean as an enlisted guy you look up the officers and you definitely the officers don't have too great of a rapport with enlisted um but i looked at that and i was like you know what like i saw what i didn't like in officers and that's the best way to improve seeing leadership that you don't like and to improve on that and seeing leadership that you do like and amplifying that to your character and your leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, so, and I also, the biggest reason I'd want to go as like an infantry centered officer is you hear all these people say, what, what are you going to do when you get out if you're infantry and this and that. And it's like, I've learned that the people that it, it doesn't necessarily matter your MOS and all it matters is your motivation and how hard you put your effort into after you get out of i mean there's some infantry dudes that got out and they're doing some awesome jobs super technical and it's like Mm -hmm. just that mindset should not allow people to 
inhibit their progress just because they were something in the past. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I was, uh, I was a teenager in the past. Do I need to be a teenager now? No, yeah, no, I was a combat engineer in the past. Okay. I don't need to be a combat engineer right now. And honestly, I really don't want to go looking through a minefield yeah. <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> I'm okay. Now back when I was 20, sure. Lots of fun. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And the, the, the skill sets that you learn, I think a lot, this happens a lot in Canada too. We hear this where um, guys will get out and they'll be like, oh, you know, all I know how to do is shoot guns and run. And you're like, really? That's all you know how to do, right? That's every day. That's what you showed up at your unit, hung out every day. You ran and you shot guns. And that was it. And it's like, well, I mean, not really. Exactly. There's, you have skill sets. You have, I, uh, I even brought up the point of like, how do you do a recce? And they'd be like, oh, well, you, you do this and you do that. And you set up your, uh, your set up your little group. And then you set up, send guys out here. And then you go like here and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, so you don't, you didn't just shoot guns and run. How do you apply that to everyday life? You want to start a business? I found out that writing a business plan is a set of orders. Mm -hmm. So if you know how to write a set of orders, you can write a business plan. Um, that same tenacity that makes you a good infantier or a good engineer or a good uh, Marine or a good whatever is going to serve you in being whatever you want to be afterwards. <laughs> That's the best part is like you get to choose this time. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, um, if you do, if you went into like Lockheed Martin, if you went into one of those, um, engineering areas, would you just be doing kind of the same thing you were doing while you're in the Marine Corps? Uh, so it'd be more specialized. So instead of repairing optics, circuit cards, um, resoldering lines, um, it would be more designing new technology to be used. So I think that's pretty sweet because then yeah. um, I've, I'm definitely a heavy user of night vision and I'm trying to get in the thermal game a little bit so I can apply my user knowledge to future products to be like, hey, this was like what really works um, and this doesn't necessarily work too well because I mean, there's a lot of times you think like engineers working on certain pieces of equipment, they're not necessarily super driven and look at the object they're working on as like a passion there's like sure engineering might be a passion or they could just look at it as a job but like the actual piece of equipment they're working on their passion might not transfer over to that so i feel like i can apply that to night vision thermals all of that and like have that passion toward equipment that i'm making and uh, make it that much better and user-friendly hmm. that's a good idea do you have any idea any like things that are on the top of your head where you're like i need to fix that oh yeah um definitely i want to and this is just a side hustle that i want to do just for myself but um the quad nods are outrageous for what they are and they're just for image intense fires which i mean those are pretty expensive you can find them ranging uh depending on which generation either gen 2 through gen 3 plus um I mean, 4,000 maybe, 3,000 if you get lucky, but that's only math, $12,000. <laughs> yeah, that's only $12,000, and then yet they're selling these quad knots for 40000 So it's like, I want to try and I think there's a great business opportunity there to make some style quad knot that's 
a lot cheaper. So you're you're saying it's an image intensifier, like now I'm a little old school because all I ever used was the 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 monocular that you have absolutely no depth perception and oh yeah they I freaking hated walking around with that thing and the fact that it's like four pounds and keeps your helmet completely like (laughs) I can't see anything anyway oh yeah um what what would be what do you mean by an image enhancer what's the difference so the image intensifier is explain it simple it's the heart of the all night vision so there's two different types of night vision there's digital and then there's um analog i think (laughs) i might be wrong but basically one is like a camera where you basically take a picture or a video and the image is transferred through actual screen um like a little small tv i guess you could say Mm -hmm. in the optic you're looking through and there's going to be a delay from what the image is seeing to the output of the image to your eye. So that's why military doesn't necessarily use that because there's such a output or a, a difference of um, time delay that it definitely messes up uh, cognitive function a little bit. Um, so then the other one, which is what the military uses is they have an image intensifier. So it's a tube with the system and it's basically the heart of the, the optic. So it's what converts the light into what the image sees. I mean, there's a whole okay. different chambers within it that flip the image and twist it 180 degrees and all that. But basically, it's just mm-hmm. it, what's it's what converts and multiplies the light that it sees to the output image. Okay, so the quad knots are basically just souped up, like a souped up monocular with a little bit more depth perception. Oh yeah, seriously, all it is is the same part of the PBS 14 that you were using with the new housing. That's it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit smaller variations, but to put it simple, I mean, that's really, it's super basic. Yeah. Okay. That I, you know, uh, the night vision and the, the technical side of like radios and all that stuff, I was never big on, but I was pretty good at CMD and like I had a general, had a pretty good, uh, understanding of how the munitions worked but yeah the lasers and stuff it was always just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> was even way above I mean, me i know the very basics but once you really start getting into the depths of scientific um philosophies and analogies of like the saber system how we tried going over this in the schoolhouse of like where the the like, missile knows where it's going by where it's not going and there's this huge paragraph on like how the missile basically determines where it's going with the reticle and how it follows that reticle and i'm just like nope (laughs) mind blown i'm not like i'll I'll attempt it but like what the fuck am i reading (laughs) you're just sitting there like this okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh that's a great point though uh, that you brought up in terms of digital versus uh, uh, analog or digital versus I think alpha, I might be wrong in that. It's some terminology, but yeah, it's yeah. But there's a lag, right? That's what the issue is: is that there's a lag between the image processing and actually showing the person. Yeah, yeah. To make and, uh, a decision, and then and a lot of people say like, "Oh, well, my digital night vision is only three hundred dollars instead of the other military night vision that's six thousand. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but like 
you're not getting the image quality and then also it's the biggest thing is that that delay that's there because there's no delay within the traditional military uh, night vision which i mean it definitely you still get some eye fatigue with uh the green color if you have green phosphor tubes um but yeah i mean it's once you add the color variation and then if there's a delay i mean you try and see these people walk around with digital night vision and they can get used to it but if they put on digital night vision for the first time they're stumbling around kind of like looking looking funky <laughs> that that's a great analogy though actually if you think about it is <clears throat> your uh the way the way in which you are let me rephrase this the lenses in which you are looking at the world in will affect the way you actually interact with the world in and of itself okay, and yeah. so if you have like you know your rose-colored glasses on and everything is fucking wonderful and it's great and it's easy that is going to give you a delay right because mm -hmm. if even if you see something that's horrible then you're going to try and like wait a second no it's supposed to be rose colored uh-oh and then it's not and then you have to rethink it and then so you're going to have that i don't know emotional psychological lag on uh on your decision making processes yeah no, i like I that I... and if you have like a lens that kind of has a positive mindset but also confronts the realities of life and understands that life can get nitty and gritty sometimes. And there's that, I, I would say from the analogy of a clear lens that you're viewing the world and you don't necessarily have to stop and have contradictions with that lens as much. Yeah. 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 That's uh, I think I'm, I'm going to start using that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like digital that. or analog. Uh, that's really nice. So uh, now if anybody, I was just going to say, um, the, my brain just died. There you go. I had, I had a thought gone. Um, what do you think we need to, what do you think we need to do society wise? Like from your view to keep the mindset of, um, mental toughness, mental resilience, um, inner strength, whatever you want to call it. How do you think we build that as a society? I know this is a big question, but yeah, what do you think? This is a tough one. Oh, shoot. Okay, so um, I would say the biggest thing that I see right now, and this isn't just applied to Canada, the U.S., I mean, this applies to the world, is to not focus on what makes you feel good and what necessarily thoughts are like, well, I don't like that, so I'm gonna reject that. Um, I think being open to different viewpoints, um, different analogies, different thought processes, and understanding that you can make positive situations out of really shitty situations, I think is the first step. Um, because if you, there's there's a lot of people out there that definitely have a idea of like, I don't like it, I'm reject it um, type mindset. And so with that, it's really dangerous because then that starts skewing and shifting their lens um, of life where if something doesn't necessarily, aff uh, if they don't like what they're hearing, then they don't have the process of sitting down and like, well, why do I not like it? Could that other person be right? Um, it's always, no, you're wrong. And that inhibits self-growth and self-character. and 
the buildup of self-character kind of, I think, goes hand in hand with self-strength. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, <clears throat> that's a very astute look at it. And, um, you know, as we were just saying that you're, you used that analogy perfectly was the, uh, the lens is that if you are, you know, you want to spend less money or less time or less effort or less whatever on something that is simple, that kind of works, you're, there's going to be a lag time. There's going to be um, an inability to process what's actually happening because you're looking at it in a skewed manner or you're looking at it with a delay. Um, I think that that's a, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. the ability to see things clearly. And you know what, actually it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. You're not going in blindly. You're going in open. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you know, you got an open reticle. How many, if, uh, do you ever, that PVS 14, is it 40 PVS 14? I can never remember the actual. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's that the, monocular, it's uh yeah. PBS 14. You know how they had the, the cap on it with like the little open hole that yep. you, so you could like focus on things. Uh, it's like that. You take your lens off and you're like, bang, oh, wow, I can see everything. But sometimes you have to put it on to be like focused. Sure. Um, yeah. I like that analogy also. Dang. Mm-hmm. I, Dropping yeah, I knowledge really like bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. But also, I mean, I would say another big thing I was just thinking about is Another thing that like people can do to increase their personal and inner strength is just to make their life a little more difficult. And that's not like, well, I'm going to wake up and start punching myself in the face until I feel bad. It's like, no, like <laughs> if that's like, I mean, shoot, like I'm going to wake up and take a cold shower today. And it's like, what is a cold shower going to necessarily do? Like I might have some sort of health benefit. I mean, it probably is, small enough not to notice but i think the biggest thing is preparing your mind of like i'm going to take this cold shower to understand that things aren't going to be comfortable in life today and that you still just work through it and then if that's like again like going to the gym of like hey like i haven't worked out in two years or like three years i'm gonna i might wait until next year to start going or i'm gonna start my diet in a week and it keeps kind of compounding it's like you know i'm gonna go today and just make my life a little bit worse and I wouldn't even say worse, but like basically add stressors and difficulty into your life that you know you can overcome and you slowly just keep building that up until you're a stronger person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. I don't know how many times I've done this in my life throughout everything where you just, you kind of think right before you're about to do it, you're like, this is going to suck. And off you go. <laughs> you just... <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. You just kind of have to accept that this is not going to be fun and smash your way through it. And uh, whether that's a cold shower in the morning or, you know, making your bed first thing in the morning or um, pushing yourself to do a marathon or starting training, getting back to the gym. And that was another one. So I, I got a herniated disc in my back and it sucks, whatever, there's pain. Um, but I went back to the gym for the first time, uh, after I got out back in, I think it was maybe 14 or something like that. I got out in the end of 12. So, uh, I went to the gym and I started lifting the way that I always did when I was in the army and that didn't work right. Like, I immediately hurt myself. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, ah, I can't do this shit anymore. I, I'm just not going to do it. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm like, 
yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta get back in there. <laughs> I can't just sit out here doing nothing, starting to get fat. My pants don't fit. This isn't okay. And I knew going in there, this is going to suck. Did it again. And I, again, I just went to it like I used to hurt myself again until you get to a mindset where you're like, okay, I got to start over. Like get your ego right out of the way. Just be like, okay, somebody teach me how to lift properly or in a way that which I can still lift with the pain. Um, and so I went and saw a couple trainers and they helped me get like the mindset, but I still, I went into it going, this is going to suck. But I mean, okay. the most important thing is, yeah, you adapted to your situation. You kind of overcame um, that hardship and that difficulty, knowing it was going to suck, but you still did it anyway, which. There's they're just those days sometimes, too. Sometimes the day is the hardest part, right? Oh, when you're yeah. just. Oh, the day. I mean, I got two little boys and some days I want to. Uh, I just want to like throw my hands up and be like, what in the <laughs> hell happened? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. Um but that's just the way it is. And sometimes the days are hard. Sometimes they're easy. And if they are easy, make them a little harder <laughs> just yeah. for fun. <laughs> and I would say even like if people aren't used to kind of living in like kind of having uncomfortable situations, it's going to feel really foreign at first of like, oh, like my like muscles are burning. That's really weird. I don't think that's right. And you just keep doing that until... I would say you get comfortable in the uncomfortable mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, well this is going to suck, but I'm ready. I'm used to it. This is, I've been doing it every day. Like it's no sweat off my back. Mm -hmm. I, uh, when I go hunting, I have this, there's this, <laughs> uh, we have, there's a piece of land that my family owns that I go hunting on regularly. And, uh, it's right in the base of this Valley in the U shaped Hills it goes all the way around it. <clears throat> so you have this, really beautiful valley and I set up my camp right in the base of it and then first thing in the morning you know you wake up opening day and it's still dark out it's cold you get your stuff on everything about it sucks because you have to get out of your warm sleeping bag you have to put on cold clothes you got to tie your boots up you got to get something to eat it's still pitch black you can't see anything and then I have to walk up this hill which is like, it's deceptive because it's like 30 degrees 35 degrees something like that it's not a huge slant but it's long and it takes forever to walk up and you just because i'm snaking all the way up there because i don't want to sweat too much and every so often you look up and you're like oh god damn <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then you look down and you're like oh okay i've made some good distance and then you keep walking and but every piece of it sucks mm-hmm until you get to the top and you sit down and you get to watch the sunrise come over the hills and then you're like yeah right and every year doesn't matter every year i go down there it still sucks yeah. oh, don't don't mention especially the next day when we wake up and your legs are super sore and you're like yep gotta do the same walk all over again yeah all the way up that hill uh but yeah it's uh that's a it's a great way of putting it is you know sometimes things are going to suck and you just got to put your head down and like all right, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially, I mean, even for when we were doing our hikes when I was in the Marine Corps, I mean, there was a, we usually had them where it was like kind of ramp up. So the first hike was three miles, the next hike was six, the next was nine. But when we start getting like the nine to 15 range mile hikes, it's like you just sit there and I had these gloves that every single time I put them on, I know it was going to suck. 
like those are my suck gloves so it's like you know what i'm gonna make sure i'm prepared i'm gonna put my gloves on and i'm just gonna automatically know this hike is going to suck and so it's like i mean even when it sucked you still can have a positive mindset and i was always cracking jokes like I, all of my buddies that were in front of me were like hey like are you familiar with the dump truck industry and they turn around like varner shut up and i was like you got a fat load back there i'm mean, just cracking jokes just stupid but it's like I think also having a positive mindset and even sometimes just cracking jokes to break up that kind of stressful and uh, intense environment can always be helpful and great to uh, take the stress and pressure off of that hard time. Yeah, that is, uh, I can't say how awesome that is. The, uh, I was in a, we were in Wainwright. So it's the training area that everybody knows here in Canada because everybody has to go to Wainwright. It is not a great place to be. And it's, <clears throat> it's in the prairies. So it's cold, windy. There's r rare. And if it's warm, it's like hot kind of like it's never, there's never like a comfortable temperature to no, be in Wainwright. <laughs> it just always sucks. Um, and I remember being there on a course with a buddy of mine and we were sitting it was that really horrible time where it's cloudy, but the sun kind of breaks through it every once in a while. It wasn't raining, but it was cold enough that you had to have a jacket on, but not cold enough that you wanted a jacket on. Yeah. And it was just, it was a bad day all around. And uh, we were sitting, waiting for orders. And we were sitting on the side of this hill. And all of a sudden, the two of us got hit by a sunbeam. And we were just like, oh, everything's warm again. Just for that, like two or three seconds and I'm like okay okay and I looked over at my buddy and I'm like hey man small victories from Wainwright and that sometimes you just gotta look for them right there, there's little things that you're like okay this was nice check it off the box we had a small victory today right uh, the next day I think he saw a chipmunk it just like rolled up to him and took one of his pieces of his MRE or something like that and then fucked off again and we were just like cool that was neat Back to the suck fest. Um, but being able to, like, yeah, it sucks. But take, find something. There's always something fun. There's always something little that you can go, ha, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's surprising, especially when people, like, I, I can imagine the, the kind of thought of, like, well, it's something small versus something huge that's weighing you down that something small can't necessarily get you through it. But it's surprising, like, something super small in your day you can hold on to and really help you get through some really, really hard times, especially at boot camp when I was got like a letter from my mom and uh, dad every, I think it was like one letter a week. Like that small letter got me through a lot of shit where it's like, you'd be surprised at how small something can actually impact you in a, in a major way. Oh yeah. Yeah. At, uh, uh, it reminds me when I was uh, when I was in Afghanistan. My mom sent me a pack of, or it's like a two pack, of really cheap Walmart socks, just white cotton socks, right? But uh, she sent me a hundred of them, so I had tons of socks, right? What it allowed me to do though was every morning I put on a brand new pair of socks, like not old, dirty, nasty socks that I've been washing and blah blah blah. I had one as soon as I took them off at the end of the night, garbage. Right. I had a brand new pair of socks the next morning, or if I need like at all, if I just needed to switch socks, brand new pair of socks. And just that feeling alone was 
so nice because you know there's there's something about a brand new pair of socks right like oh yeah just... I mean, you, you put your feet in them and you're like yes that's that's what it yeah. is <laughs> yeah right there and it's it's a tiny little thing but you know when you're out there and everything else sucks you have to find that one thing and man those socks were it for me so and i think yeah. honestly we're uh, hitting on and i've definitely learned this is when you put yourself in hard times or when you find yourself in hard times usually in most cases you will start to be more um appreciative of the small things in life because i know when i was on my kind of booze cruise deployments um just being able to wash my clothes without sitting in a three-hour line was like man like that would be nice and you get home and it's like so much joy was brought to just walking to the washer and dryer, putting my clothes in without waiting and then just kind of walking away. And it's like super small. I mean, not necessarily super tense, but it's just the small things that you really start to understand and appreciate a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my big one when I got home was tap water. <laughs> I don't know why, like it just tastes different, obviously. And we'd be drinking bottled water for so long that I was just like, I can drink water from the tap. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Yes. This is amazing. Um, so we've been rolling for a little bit over an hour here, brother. And it has been uh, my pleasure having you on here. This has been such a great chat. I really wanted to thank you. Is there anything that uh, off the top of your head, you're burning to get across about inner strength or resiliency? Or do you think we hit all the markers? Um, I think we definitely hit the majority of it for sure. I would just say, there's really no right or wrong answer to inner strength. It's just having, I think, the willpower to keep trying, even though things might seem like they're going wrong and just holding on to something small um, is all you can really do, for sure. And I want to say thank you so much. I mean, it was a like, honor to be on your show, and um, I absolutely loved it. And got to expand and build, uh, put some tools in my toolbox also, for sure. Well, I, that's, that's what it's all about, man. And oh, I, yeah. <clears throat> the whole reason I got it started was it. all it takes is a conversation sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, this is the whole point. And I, again, I can't thank you enough. If anybody wanted to follow you, find you, support your journey in any way, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so um, I haven't posted my Instagram in a while, but that's going to change once uh, – we start rolling with the training videos, me and Nate. Um, so I'm going to be posting a lot more than that, but my Instagram is chase one, seven, three, nine. Um, and then, I mean, shoot, if you have any questions for me, if someone's listening, you can honestly add me on Facebook, chase C H A C Varner V A R N E R. And just ask me questions, talk. I'm always here for anyone. If they need help. Um, like I said, I've lost a lot of people to hard times and I want to be an advocate just to be there for people and it doesn't necessarily mean like we know each other super well. It's like it could just be some random person like, hey, I've struggled with this. Do you have any experience with it? And I would absolutely love to help any way I can. Mm-hmm. This is this is the way, right? This is how we build each other up is we just, if I don't know, I, I know a guy who does. Or I know a guy who knows a guy who does or whatever, right? Sometimes you just need to be able to shoot the shit and talk about stupid stuff. I know when I got out of the army, one of the first things I did was... I called my buddies that were still in. So anytime I had this little itch of like, oh, you know, I kind of miss the army. I'd call one of my buddies that was still in and be like, hey, man, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, I'm filling out some stupid fucking paperwork. And I'd be like, cool, man, thanks. That's all I needed. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do the same thing. I call my buddy that's still in every, probably every uh, every day about 
And every single time, I have this inspection, and this is coming up, and I was just like, yeah, all right, well, it sounds like you're having a rough time. I'll let you handle your <laughs> handle your stuff, and I'll call you back later, you know? Uh, I love it. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I really appreciate y'all listening. It has been my pleasure bringing you this awesome guest. If you like what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, and do all that awesome stuff. And I hope you can use some of the information that was offered. To all those putting on the line every day, first responders, military, veterans, civil servants, you guys are keeping us safe and keeping the country running. I really appreciate y'all. Hope to see you next time. Till then, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. Shalom.